Welcome to another episode of Boss Bible Study. It's your boy Daryl, Austin, and Brandon. I'm excited. I'm excited to be with the fellas once again. Today we're talking about becoming from glory to glory. We're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer real quick, and uh, Daryl, going to kick us off. Lord, we just thank you for um, this opportunity to share your word again. Uh, we pray that you be with the listeners, Lord. Be with us as we share your word, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, and so, hey, guys, just like Austin said, happy to be back. Um, so I'm just going to read today's scripture, um, and it's coming from um, 2 Corinthians uh, verse 15 through 18. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Um, so it, it's, it says, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and and I guess just to give a little context of what Paul um, is is saying in this in this chapter, um, what what he's doing here is he is contrasting, um, you know, the you know the the new covenant um, with the old covenant. And so, he, what he what he what he's talking about is the the story, um, the, the the famous story of um, of Moses, where he, um, you know, he, he goes up to, um, Mount Sion and, um, he is, you know, in the presence, um, of, of God. And, uh, and, in these, in these 40 days, why he's up there, right. You know, he's given the law, um, which is the old covenant, you know, the, the 10 commandments. Right. And so when, you know, the, the, the crazy thing is when he comes down, right. His, his, his face is shining, um, it's rating it, right? And it's from, you know, the glory of of the Lord. And so, you know, he uh, you know, when he comes down, people are like, wow. And so he puts a veil over his face, um, so that as the the glory um begins to, so people don't notice as when the glory begins to fade away. And so what, what he's doing here, what, what Paul is doing here is again, he's just contrasting um the the old covenant with the new covenant. As we know, we are now under uh the new covenant. And so, you know. One of the things I wanted to, um, you know, bring up to my brothers, right, is, you know, as we as we look at this, as we look at the veil, right, and, you know, we were all, you know, blinded before. I remember um, I just, you know, when it came to um, speaking of the word of God, right, and, 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 the, and the awesome thing about it is Jesus, right? And again, the reason the veil is lifted is because of Jesus. And so, you know, um, there are so many of us out there who, the veil is, is still over our face, and right, and just because you're a Christian, it doesn't necessarily mean that that veil is lifted, right? You know what I'm saying? We can again, and you know, we have the we have the freedom, um, you know, and that's the, the great thing about God is that He gives us that freedom. So although you know we we may be believers or we may not be believers, right? Um, you know, it's it's important that we unlift that veil from our hearts. And so you know, the one thing I wanted to open up to. Uh, to my brothers here is what does it what does it necessarily mean to unveil um, that, to lift the veil off the heart? What does that mean to to you, Austin? What does that mean to you, Brandon? Um, to have that veil lifted. Mm. Um. So, what does it mean to me to have the veil lifted from my heart? Um, ultimately, I would say that it means. It's almost like you're going through heart surgery, 
right? God is doing an inner working on something that needs fixing. And I think for Christians to understand that there is a veil around my heart that is there that is separating me from experiencing God. And I think one, we need to have that desire to have that veil removed and recognize that there is more when it comes to experiencing and being in fellowship with God. So when I think about what does it mean to have the veil removed from my heart, that means freedom. And that's what the text talks about too. Liberty, freedom, something that was around my heart that was I wasn't allowing, you know, I'm thinking about the Grinch, right? <laughs> and how his heart gets bigger and bigger. And it's like almost something that there's some, there's like a box around your heart that's keeping it a certain size, keeping it from growing to a certain degree. And when that veil is removed, you're able to enjoy living full gratitude of who God is and just grasp and understanding what he's done in your lifetime and time again. But to re- remove the veil, what that means for me is to almost enter into a new life. You have a heart, that's, that, that's your life. It's attached to your life. You can't live without a heart. So having your, the veil removed from your heart, I see that as entering into a new life. Yeah, absolutely. And I would add to that, right? Paul proclaims to the Gentiles, which is anybody who's not a Jew um, of the nations and to the Jews. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. It is the power of God for salvation unto everyone who believes, right? God's power is at work for you in your faith. Your faith is substance of the reality of the power of God working in your life. You will see the power and the movement of God, the anointing of God begin to move in your life as your faith in Christ is fixed on Christ, as in it's it's filled in Christ. Without Christ, you have, you have an empty uh, faith. You have uh, um, the veil is still there. If you don't behold God, I'm going to get back to that point about beholding. But uh, before I do, right in Romans one sixteen, I just quoted it, and then the next verse goes on to say that uh, for in the gospel, why is why is Paul not ashamed, right, of this gospel? He says because in it. In this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, is revealed. And it's a, um, it's a synonym for the word here of, of a veil and being unveiled, that the gospel is an unveiling or in uh, a revelation, a revealing of the power of God. It's a revealing of God's power to grant us transformation. That's really the key there. Transformation through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is why we can stand before God on the day of judgment and be declared righteous because we've been given the righteousness of Christ. It is is imparted to us. And likewise, it is formed within believers through uh, sanctification. And so Paul says here in verse 18, we all with unveiled faces, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. You become what you behold. You become what you behold, right? So uh, another way to look at it is Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is whole, 
or healthy or single, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body is going to be filled with darkness. The eye, right? It's a doorway. It's a passageway. What are you allowing into your body? What are you allowing into your mind, into your heart um, and to, to transform you? Whatever you look at, whatever you're uh, meditating on, let's say it like that, you're going to become that. It, wow. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I used to be addicted to gaming. I was addicted to gaming and I used to play Call of Duty like 16 hours average on a I given day. Uh, <laughs> and I was good at it. I, you know, I continued to level up and rank up and I, I could go on, but I became what I beheld. And so all that filled my mind throughout the day was thinking about the game. Well, I would go to sleep dreaming about throwing grenades and launching a rocket launcher, whatever it was. And I was becoming really nothing, right? It was, that's not transformation. You remain stagnant. I, there was no growth in my character. Uh, you know, there was maybe growth in motor skills, but that's about it. Um, and other maybe things you could pull out of it, uh, different games. But the reality is, was there the power of God at work in my life? And it wasn't. It wasn't. So we become what we behold. If your eye is single, meaning Jesus is your only choice, you see him as the only choice and um, you're surrendering to focusing on him right? You're going to become what you behold. This is what the scripture is saying here. Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image. That's the same, what image? The image of God. We're okay. becoming the image of God as we behold the glory because the veil's lifted up. The spirit of Christ is at work within believers. Romans 5, Paul says that, uh, that God's spirit has been poured into our hearts. The Holy Spirit has been poured into our hearts, right? And this is equipping us. The Holy Spirit is transforming us from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the spirit of the Lord who brings freedom. God is offering, uh, you know, we can talk about salvation, but let's talk about the, the, another important piece of salvation. He's offering freedom. Freedom from your, 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 your evils. Freedom from other people's evils in your life. It doesn't mean that you won't come against different things in your life. It means you know how to overcome. Right? And you, have, uh, you, you gain an acquisition of territory, if I can put it that way. Just like in the Old Testament, uh, the believers, the Israelites were called to take over territory through faith in God. As they followed God, God was going to evict the evil from the land and put them in the land, right? And this is, in many ways, it's a metaphor to, as believers today, we take over territory that had been taken from us, we enter into the promised land of things that were taken away from us. Jesus said, I came to give life. And what kind of life? Life abundantly, John 10. So we have an abundant life promised to us. So much freedom. It's almost like, can you imagine? Like, or I guess it's hard to imagine. If, you, if you've always had a veil over your face, you don't know what it's like to see, right? Can you explain to a blind man what the color red looks like if they've never seen color at all? Right. And, and my 
my exhortation to anyone is turn to God. Turn to God in any way, shape, or form. You understand what that means in the truth of your heart. God will acknowledge what you understand and meet you where you are. He understands what you can't understand and and knows what you can't do. So allow God to meet you where you are because the scripture says when you turn to the Lord, this is when this transformation process begins to happen, meaning Mm. God will give you a new heart. God will give you a new mind renewed in your mind. So as you can see, this is a powerful verse for all of us. Amen. Amen. And so um, I just, I, I just wanted to uh, throw out another question for, um, for my brothers, Austin um, and Brandon, because um, there may be someone um, watching or listening right now and they may be saying, well, wait a minute, Brandon, wait a minute, Austin, I'm free. I, I can, I, I can, I can do what I want. You know, um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I can I can make my own decisions. I, if I want to, you know, do something bad, I can do something bad. Or if I want to do something good, I can do something good. Um, I have that freedom. Right. And so, you know, a question that I want to ask or someone may be having is, OK, what does it necessarily mean, um, you know, to be free for for me to be free um, in Christ? You know, how does he give me that freedom? What What does that freedom actually look like? That's good, bro. That's good. I just want to read the text again. And um, you know, then go back to your question. I'm going to start at verse 15. It says, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So what does it mean to be free? To truly be free and free indeed, it starts with when one turns to the Lord, Mm. right? So ask yourself, have I fully turned to the Lord? What does that look like? To me, that looks like repentance because you got to recognize that, you know, you're going in a direction. The world is going in a direction that's opposite from the way that's facing the Lord. And every situation, every aspect of our lives our go-to, our true nature is going to go in a direction that's opposite from the Lord. So to be truly free, we have to recognize that the Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we may have access to the Spirit. Once you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit resides in you. So it dwells in you. So you have the capacity to be empowered by the spirit, but you have a choice as well. And to truly be free, to make the choice to walk in the spirit, that's the question you have to ask yourself. When temptation arises every single time, when I'm tempted to look at pornography, when I'm tempted to smoke weed, when I'm tempted to go turn up and just treat women bad or whatever it may be, am I free to choose the way of the spirit? The way that I believe is good, Paul talks about, but I still find myself choosing the latter. Then we aren't truly as free as we believe. So the truth is, and Brandon talked about this before, you're either going to be a slave to righteousness or a slave to sin. 
if the spirit is Lord in you, if God is Lord of your, over your life, you're going to be tied to what it means to live a life that glorifies him, that exemplifies his righteousness. And, you know, it's funny, we're talking about liberty, you know what I'm saying? Because at the same, at the, at the end of the day, are you going to be a slave to liberty? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at the end, it's kind of like an oxymoron. It's like, you're going to be a slave to righteousness or a slave to sin. Um, but we're free to making that decision when you have the spirit. If you don't have the spirit, you're going to be a slave to sin, whether you like it or not. You know, you might do some good things on paper, but I love going back to, you know, we talked about this, I believe it was in first Peter, second Peter. Uh, we talked about baptism and though it doesn't remove the filth, we're able to have a good conscience towards God because of the resurrection, because of the Holy Spirit. And when we're talking about the veil, I don't know if we're going to go this direction or not, but um, I was thinking immediately about the tabernacle as well and how there was a veil that separated the sanctuary from the most holy of places where the presence of God rested with the tabernacle, with the covenant. Mm -hmm. And understanding that no one could go there in the presence of God in good conscience with the works of their sacrifices, but it's only through the blood of Christ through the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, that we can truly in good conscience and good faith through grace, right? Be able to stand before God because it's not through our might. It's not through our works. It's not about who I am, but it's about who Christ is and what he did. And through the spirit that's in me, that tells me that he's Abba, he's my father, he loves me. He gave his son for me. He lives mm -hmm. within me that I can truly hold on to grace and think about the goodness of God. It says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and truly get praise. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about liberty, what does it truly mean to be free? Is being able to hold on to his gift of mercy and gift of grace, to hold on to his presence. That's to be truly free, to be able to experience the presence of God. That I, can, that I am able to hold on to that by his mercy and his grace through the Holy Spirit, through what Christ has done for us. I'm able to hold on to him rather than being held to sin, being under bondage to that. I hope that answers your question. What, what are your thoughts on that, B? Oh, that was good, bro. That was good. Yeah, real good. Um, you reminded me of a story called The Allegory of the Cave, one of my favorite uh, stories outside of the scripture. And if you've never read it, I definitely recommend it. It's literally, it'll take you 30 minutes probably at most. It's a four page uh, document from uh, Plato and Socrates. And it's a, it, in short, what happens in this story is there's someone who's lived their whole life in a cave with, with others who are chained up, you know, bound at their neck, bound at their wrist and all this. And they only get to see the wall that's before them. That's all they've ever known. And there is a fire behind them. And that fire creates light. And in front of that fire, between them and the fire, is a bridge that allows 
animals and different things to pass by on this bridge. And so it casts a shadow on the wall. And all this, uh, these people in these chains have ever seen is the shadows. They don't know the reality of the substance of what's behind them. They only see the shadows. This is what it's like to not know Jesus. Your whole life, you've been seeing shadows. You've been living in shadows. The, the Pharisees and, and the uh, Jews, they got offended. The Jewish people uh, of God who were Jesus's uh, flesh and bone, if you will, they got offended when Jesus told them that you, we, they were enslaved. And they're like, what are you talking about? We're not enslaved. And he said, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Everyone who does sin is a slave to sin. But if you abide in my words, then you'll truly be my follower and you will know the truth. His word is bringing truth. This is why we meditate on the Bible. This is why we read it. And this is why we, our hearts should be inclined to seek God in his scriptures day and night. Get that desperation, get that fire, get that hunger in you for God's word. Even if it's just one verse and you're able to just meditate over that through the day, there's no excuse for I don't have enough time. There's no excuse for I can't this, I can't this. Stop living in unbelief. Stop living in I can't. You know, I thank God for, for one thing my dad taught me. He taught me to never say I can't because when I would say I can't, he'd tell me drop down and give me 20. <laughs> drop down and give me 20, you know, and, and we ought to have a mentality that says, um, I can't say I can't, I can't live in the I can't, you know, because if I continue to do that, I'll never do what God's called me to do. I never see what God's called me to see. And so Jesus talked about, in many senses, these shadows of reality that we're living in, we think we see and we don't. This is why the gospel is for those who are humble, you'll never be able to receive this truth without humility. To be able to humble yourself and recognize, I'm a sinner. Like I am, if I stand before a holy and righteous God, even if I live the, the, my best life, my best is so covered with my own ego, covered with my own selfish ambitions, times where I lied, steal, cheated. I mean, if I look at the Ten Commandments and I can break them down and talk about how I have abandoned each one of those whether it was, you shall have no other God beside me, before me. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, the first three or four are about really your relationship with God. And the next six are about your relationship with people, right? And in those commandments, I look at them, I've broken every one. You should not covet. I've coveted so much. I look at people, what they have, whether it's their talent, whether it's their money, whether it's their prestige, you know, and I covet. And the scripture says clearly, don't covet. You shall not covet. Why? Because God is the one who you have as your trust. And if you trust him, you don't have to covet. He's going to give you exactly what you need. And to learn, it's, here's a quote um, from Socrates, I think. Uh, it, it's, um, I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically says, the secret of happiness is not having more, but it's learning how to be content with less. Mm-hmm. See, God truly teaches and disciplines the inner man, trains you, transforms you in a way that I don't care what religion you go to. I don't care what uh, shaman, if you will, you go to, what teacher you go to. Jesus's word is the one that's going to bring freedom, true freedom. He said, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and then the truth will set you free. Hmm. And whom the son of man sets free is free indeed. That's Lord. Right? Free indeed. And that word indeed, that's like a written record. Like you have a record, a proof 
of your freedom with God. You have a testimony. You have a declaration of like you have experienced that you are free. And it doesn't mean you won't struggle because look at look at um, in Second Corinthians, it says what we just read. Uh, we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed, being transformed. The important word there. It's a process. It's a process. It's a pr- uh, the, the Greek there is a present uh, present tense word, meaning it can have a continuous sense, meaning it's a, there's a continual progression in the believer's life and in, in, in a child of God's life, you're continuing to grow, to learn, to aspire to new things and to overcome old things. So it doesn't happen overnight. There's going to be certain things that for sure happen overnight. You have a dream, you have a vision, you have a revelation. You went to a service here, you were praying there and bam, God downloads stuff and, and breaks chains in an instant. He can do it. I've heard of heroin addicts being, I've not heard, I've known heroin addicts who've been set free overnight. I'm talking about they prayed and God removed, but I've known heroin addicts who they suffered for months through that. And each one of them, God still disciplines and trains in his own way and meets them where they're at. And by his grace brings them to where he's at because we're being transformed into the image of the Lord as we behold. You have to behold God. That's a powerful word, behold. Right. John the Baptist says when the crowds are coming to see him to be baptized. He says and he sees Jesus walking, the son of God. And John the Baptist has is filled with revelation and he knows he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, when you behold, you you become uh, uh, so possessed by what is before your eyes. You need to become possessed with the spirit of God, possessed with the image of God before you, right? This is my story. I think this is every believer's story in in many senses, but my story is that, you know, I was an atheist and I was still possessed with the desire to know God, the God I didn't think existed. Because I said, if I don't have access to this God, I understand. I've searched enough uh, truth out there to realize there is no purpose in life outside of God, outside of eternity, outside of a place of true peace, true rest. And so I thought people just made it up. That's why I said, well, of course, we have this inner desire in us. And so people made it up. But man, when the power of God hits you, you can't argue with the power of God. You need to get rocked with the power of God if you're still arguing with God, thinking that he doesn't exist or something like that. It's crazy. Don't put God in a Petri dish. Don't put God in a box. Humble yourself. Be willing to surrender and be willing to behold something that is different from the shadows. See, the story of that allegory of the cave, and I'll close here. That story is that one man was freed from the shackles and he gets, he turns around, he realizes the truth. That fire is bright though. He's never seen it from the front and it hurts. It hurts. And so there are things that God's going to work in your life. It's going to hurt too. Yeah, it's definitely going to hurt. Truth is, is, is a medicine and medicines don't always uh, uh, feel best for you. And that's why many people in some senses turn away from God because God gives a discipline here, is asking this of you. And you turn, you turn away from the medicine because you don't want the healing that has to go through the, 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 the temporary pain possibly. But God's willing to work with you if you're willing to work with him, right? So we're being transformed. And it's important to look at that because it's showing God is doing the transformational work, not you. That's the important part. 
And that's why the veil is still over the people who read the law of Moses and don't see the grace of Jesus. The veil is still over because they're still in prison. They're still in the shackles. They're still serving uh, um, what calls it a a master, a um, tutor, a guardian. Galatians chapter three calls the law. And so when we think that we have to work before God to be righteous before him, to be good before him so that he acknowledges us. And we think that that makes us, um, makes us holy outside of his grace. We're becoming self-sufficient. It's pride, right? So um, that truth can hurt, but let the pain sink in, be willing to look at it um, and behold and become. Amen. And um, and if I can just just chime in, and so um, if I can just you know use a little bit of what I've went through in life, right? Um, you know, although I wasn't walking around in physical um, handcuffs, right? I didn't even realize that I was a slave to uh, certain things in my life, right? You know, many of you you guys you guys know me by now, right? You know, I was a a sex addict, gambling addict. Um, I don't, I don't want to call myself a drug addict, you know, but, I, you know, because there's someone out there that was like me that just smoked a bunch of weed um, all day, like my, you know, some of us on this line, um, the old us, right? But again, as we be- as we became, you know, the, the men that we are now, and again, thank you, Jesus, um, for that, right? All glory goes to him. When I, when I think about that, I didn't even, and again, that's because the veil was not lifted, right? I didn't realize that I was a slave to those things. And Brandon kind of just talked about it, right? You know, again, when we turn to the Lord, right, that veil, those handcuffs immediately are taken off. There's Mm -hmm. someone that is is watching us right now. And they're saying that Daryl, that sounds good. Seriously, man, that sounds good. But when, when I, when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see a certain picture, I automatically got to go to a certain website. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I just got to, I just got to do it turn to the Lord. You know, I'm stressed out. It's been a long day. I only smoke. I only drink, you know, all my days off. I work all day. I work, you know, I work five days a week. I don't get much time to myself. Um, I, you know, I, I just like to turn up with the guys, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's no big deal. Turn to the Lord. You, you, you don't, you don't realize the things that you're enslaved to, right. Um, until they, they consume you, right. You know, there's, there's so many of us that are just consumed by things of the world all the time, right? And when I when I think about that veil and it being lifted, right, I realize, right, I, there was a certain point, you know, um, similar to B, I used to play uh, video games as well, right? There was a, you know, Grand Theft Auto was a, was a game I like to play a lot. And I didn't realize, you know, I became desensitized to it, like many in the world, right? We become desensitized to certain things, violence, uh, pornography, um, you know, sexuality, you know, Hey, you know, I I, I'm free so I can, I'm, I'm, I'm a male, but I, you know, if I want to lie with a male, that's my choice, right? The world tells me that that's okay. Right. You know, but again, there are things. And again, that's why I just, I thank God for the the word of God, the Bible. Right. I think, I I think, you know, I'm just thankful for Jesus. Right. Because again, you know, we, like, when I think about being a, a slave to things. And I, again, I didn't even realize it that, you know, um, that those things I was, I was a slave to those things. And so I turned to the Lord and then certain, I, I would see things and it would, 
it would pain me, right? You know, I I I didn't have the urge anymore instantly. Kind of like that heroin addict, Brandon, that you were you were talking about, right? When when they when they when, when they when they turned to the Lord, when when Jesus entered into them, the Holy Spirit, you know, was inside of them. You know, they were no the 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 need to 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 binge on heroin was gone, right? You know, I I told you guys I share my testimony. Um, you know, when I was in the bathroom and immediately, right, that day, I mean, I went to Gamblers Anonymous twice. Um, you know, I was sent there by my mom at one point, and I went there by myself trying to get help, right? And there's someone right now that you're turning to different things to trying to get help, right? So it doesn't matter if you, like Brandon said, it's a, sh- a shaman or a, a guru or, you know, um, you know, whatever you may be turning to, right? If we don't turn to the Lord, right, we can never become the person that God has called for us to be. And so again, you know, it's, it's right there in, I believe in, in, in verse 16, right? When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You know, many of us, there, there's someone, there's someone watching right now and they're saying, guys, this, this sounds good, but Jesus, I need you to perform a miracle in my life first before I believe into you. You want to see that miracle happen? Turn to the Lord and then he will, then that miracle will happen. You know, then, then you will see, we can't do things on our time, right? But it's on his time. And so guys, the, the, the last question that, that I just, I, I just have for you, and it's actually right here um, in verse 18. And I know there's someone that, you know, has been thinking about this the whole time. Right. And so, you know, again, as we, as we talk about becoming, right, you know, um, we talked about it before about becoming, being those image bearers, right. Becoming an image bearer. Right. And what, and what that means. Right. But it says right here and it says right here in, in, in verse 18, brother, um, Austin and brother Brandon, it says, um, but we, it says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So there's someone right now and, and probably thinking the same thing I was thinking when I read this. Right. And so my, my question to you guys, right, is what does that mean right there? What does it mean? to be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Amen, bro. And that's such a good question because I was speaking to one of my um, brothers um, just a few days ago and he kind of asked me the same question. You know, like, I'm speaking to you. I could, I could, I could, I could hear the change from the phone, but like, what does that look like? Mm. You know, did you just, are you just more, um, disciplined in your schedule? Do you like just make a schedule when you're reading your daily devotion every day? And I know, I know I want to read, I need, I need to read my Bible more. Is that it? Like, do you just want to read your Bible more? And you know, are you just like treating people nicer? You always, you always been a nice guy. And I had to really just, I wasn't even thinking about this verse, but as you're speaking, I had to explain to and expound on what it truly means to being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, the same image of Christ from glory to glory. And in that process of being transformed, it's not necessarily about what's happening on the outside. It's not about what I'm doing throughout my day, but it's about what God is doing on the inside. He is transforming me from within, from the spirit of the, the spirit of the Lord is transforming. That's what's, that's what's doing the trans, the transforming. And 
in that, my desires are changing. My motives are changing. And all of that that's happening on the inside, it changes with everything that's occurring on the outside, how I view things on the outside. And one thing I can go to it, and um, you mentioned it before, um, guys definitely smoked marijuana in the past. And, you know, as I was talking to my brother, um, not my biological brother, brother in the faith, and just explaining to him, you know, why I don't smoke marijuana. Because all things may be lawful, but not all things are profitable, right? And when we talk about smoking marijuana, there are some people, who, oh, it's a, it's a plant that God created. But it's deeper than that. Because we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The image of Christ, not a better image of Austin, mm-hmm. same image of Christ. And I just want to share that there was one time when I was no longer smoking marijuana, God gave me a brand new life. And we talked about it. You still may struggle. You still may go back into these old things. So I turned, I was turned, I was turned to God. And sometimes you're going to turn to other things, right? And I turned to marijuana. One instance, I turned to marijuana. And I realized that my desires changed. The moment I got high, I started going back to all the things I was doing before I turned to look, turned to the Lord. And it's interesting while you return to the Lord, while you're facing Christ, while you're being renewed, he's going to give you new desires. He's going to give you things that are good for you, good for your soul, good for your spirit. But the moment you turn to these other things, you're going to desire to do other things that aren't profitable, things that aren't good for you. And before I was walking with Christ, I was in the music industry. And when I was high off of a substance, it began to influence me to do the things that weren't profitable. The things that I had no desire to doing when I was turned to Christ. And then I was like, wow, God, this, this is the, this is it. This is the problem. Whenever I'm not turned to you and I'm turned to other things, I start doing the things that those things desire me to do. And then I notice that it's against my nature to want to do those things to begin with. So truly what it means to be transformed from glory to glory, it's an inner working. He is changing you from within the very things that you want to do, you desire your hunger, your thirst, the things you want in life all begin to change according to his glory and his righteousness. And Brandon, as you were talking, and I'll let it go back to you and we'll close out. um, There's some people out there where I can't is a part of our vocabulary. And we talk about humility, we talk about becoming, and whenever those moments come, I can't, sometimes that's a great position to be in, to seek, to face, to turn to the Lord. Because every time you realize I can't, you can recognize that he will, he did, And it will be done. 
it never, and it doesn't become about what I can do, but what God can do and has done through me. And that is truly one of the ingredients to truly becoming transformed into his image is recognizing how much we can't on our own, but how much he can and will do in us and through us. Amen. Amen. Just, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we, uh, <laughs> we scratched the surface of this verse. I, I, I encourage you to meditate upon this verse. Um, this has been one of my favorites among a hundred others that are great meditation verses. Every word is actually, uh, just has substance to it. Um, and, and, and in a way that is like, you know, the, it's the fruit right here. The fruit is prime and ripe. So pick it and eat. Um, allow this verse to speak to you. Allow God to speak to you. Um, and you will be transformed. You will go from glory to glory. Like you will be at one level and you're going to move up to the next level and the next level and the next level. That's what it's like to live with God. That's what it's like to behold God like Moses did. We don't have to, Moses didn't have to veil his face before God. He veiled his face before the people. The scriptures are now saying, we don't even have to veil our face before people. We're going to go before God. But listen, do you want a facelift? <laughs> people need a facelift. But people going to all types of cosmetics and all this other stuff, you better go to Jesus. If you go to the mountaintop with the Lord, if you go in the presence of God, your face will radiate. Your face will radiate. I'm talking about, oh, come on, man. I am testifying in my life and I, I give glory to God where I've walked in a room. I've walked in a space. I've walked before certain people who have a sensitivity and or God's given them that sensitivity, whatever it is. And they've said something about the presence of the Lord is with me. And I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm walking with God and I give glory to God. And, and there's something about relationship with God where God is power. His power is present with you. And other people, you'll impact other people. So um, may we continue to do this um, as, as children, not of this world, but children of God. And as we're being transformed, um, allow God to work on you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this study. I pray that um, you would continue to unveil your word. If anything we've spoken, has been not of you let it fall on deaf ears let it fall on deaf ears excuse me and um let it come not to pass let it become nothing but let your word be exalted and lifted high in our lives because in your word is freedom and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and, and so in your word your spirit is residing and in, in, in looking to abide with us and have um have the power to possess us and to show us the new way the new life the best life in Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, that's it, fellas. Another episode of Ball's Bible Study. We talked about becoming. I'm looking forward to the next session. And y'all, if y'all need a facelift, turn to the Lord. You heard, Brother B. God bless. Take care. God bless. Let's go.